To begin, I just want to address the obvious. You'll notice some different arrangements in the sanctuary, our chairs pushed to the side and such. The reason being is in order to help us worship in a greater way so that Deacon and I don't have our backs turned to the tabernacle, so that your attention can be drawn more to the tabernacle and to Jesus in the tabernacle rather than to... uh, the weird facial expressions that I sometimes make when sitting in the chairs. So uh, to become less distractions for you to worship at Mass. And that's the whole purpose of moving us out of the way, to get out of the way so that we can worship our God together. And secondly, the uh, kneelers down in front. As you know, there's many people who like to kneel for Holy Communion. And so it's just to help make that easier. It's also an invitation For anyone else that would like to uh, kneel for Holy Communion, you are welcome to do so. It's an action that is uh, completely uh, allowed uh, by the church, and so it is something that that you are allowed to do. In order to do this in a a reverent, communion in a reverent and and kind of a a flowing manner, just uh, uh, Deacon and I will kind of stand to the edge of the, to the east and to the west of the kneelers. And those who stand for communion just come to us. Those who kneel just go to the kneelers. And it flows pretty well just in that way. And secondly, my thoughts in my homily are kind of ordered uh, by this book, this book by Scott Hahn and Brandon McGinley. It's called It Is Right and Just. And the subtitle is Why the Future of Civil- Civilization depends on true religion. The whole homily is not based uh, on this, just just a couple portions, just kind of forming my thoughts in the direction that I go. The direction I go is not the direction that he goes, um, but, uh, but it's a beautifully written book. Anything by Scott Hahn is an excellent read. And so if you need a, a, something to read, it's a great book to read. It's one of his newer ones as well. Virtues versus Values. Values are what we hold to be intellectually important, and virtues are very different. A virtue is a habit cultivated and grown, practiced and mastered. But the world today focuses more on values than on virtues, valuing feelings more than what is true and good. When we look at modern society, feelings often dictate how one acts. Rather than that which is good, and true for me and for society. The Catechism states in paragraph 1803, a virtue is an habitual and firm disposition to do the good. It allows the person not only to perform good, work, good acts, but to give the best of himself. The virtuous person tends toward the good with all his sensory and spiritual powers. He pursues the good and chooses it in concrete actions. Virtue comes from the Latin word man. So the word vir is man in Latin. And so in some ways the word virtue itself could actually literally mean manliness or the essence of what it is to be a man. Man is in all of mankind. It is the perfection of man. The perfection of man is fulfilling whom he is created to be. It's to be in the image and likeness of God. To be in union with God. Virtues are categorized into human virtues and theological virtues. Human virtues are firm attitudes, stable dispositions, 
habitual perfections of intellect and will that govern our actions, order our passions, and guide our conduct according to reason and faith. They make possible ease, self-mastery, and joy in leading a morally good life. The virtuous man is he who freely practices the good. The moral virtues are acquired by human effort. They are the fruit and seed of morally good acts. They dispose all the powers of the human being for communion with divine love. Feelings, passions, or appetites are ordered toward the good by the virtues. Without virtue, one succumbs easily to temptation and becomes governed merely by the lower parts of the human person, the passions, appetites, or feelings. And we know that those quickly change. If we were to make decisions solely based on how we feel and not based on what is good and true, we actually debase ourselves and cannot fulfill the fullest of whom we are as human beings. There are four virtues that are called cardinal virtues because all of the other virtues flow through them or are known through them. They are prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance. And then there are three theological virtues which root all the other virtues, and those are known as faith, hope, and charity, or more commonly spoken of as love. For the purposes of this homily, I want to focus on justice. Justice is that moral virtue that consists in the, in the constant and firm will to give their due to God and neighbor. Justice toward God is called the virtue of religion. Justice toward men disposes one to respect the rights of each and to establish in human relationships the harmony that promotes equity with regard to persons and to the common good. The just man is often mentioned in the sacred scriptures and is distinguished by habitual right thinking and the uprightness of his conduct toward his neighbor. As the scripture says, you shall not be partial to the poor or defer to the great, but in righteousness shall you judge your neighbor. And secondly, masters, treat your slaves justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. You may have never heard that our relationship with God begins as a relationship out of justice. It'd be like a parent and a child. We have a, at the very base root of that relationship of parent to child, we have that base root of needing to change the diaper of a child, for instance, because it's dirty and it needs to be done. Sure, sometimes it's even more debased and we just want them to stop crying so we change their diaper. But the deeper love actually comes about because we realize that this is good for them. And love dictates that we always desire their good. It's the same thing in our relationship with God in, in the matter of justice. It is good for us to worship God, and thus we grow in love when we worship him. The virtue that underlies our proper relationship with God is called religion. And we don't ordinarily think of religion as a virtue. And especially we don't think of it as a sub-virtue of justice. In many ways, religion has become focused on me. 
And going to church is really a therapeutic thing in order to feel good about oneself. But in reality, we owe God everything. Religion, traditionally understood, sought to render God the worship, homage, and thanksgiving that was due to him as God, the God who made us, cares for us, and who saves us. So then if a, virtu- if a virtue is a firm, habitual disposition to do the good, and religion is understood as giving to God the worship, homage, and thanksgiving that is due to him as God, then there is a need to find what the good is in religion and to seek that with all of our might to properly give worship, homage, and thanksgiving so that it becomes habitual in our lives. It is then also necessary to seek the best way to offer God this homage, thanksgiving, and worship and to live it every day of our life. It isn't just relegated to Mass, it's relegated to everything in our life. Everything becomes an opportunity for this worship, this homage, and this thanksgiving. And this is then how we begin to grow in the love of God. And the more that this is practiced, the more that it becomes virtuous, and the more that it becomes virtuous, the easier it becomes, and the more that we grow in love. The virtue plays out in our personal lives, as we offer to God our life in prayer, fasting, almsgiving, and the almsgiving through the works of mercy that we do every single day. It demands that we look to the way in which we come together to worship publicly as a parish in our church and in the family of faith. It demands that we look at the way that we worship together and ask, is this the highest form of worship that we can offer to God? Can we offer him more reverence, more glory, more piety in the manner in which, in the manner that we worship publicly? As Catholics, this public prayer is called liturgy. It comes from two Greek words. Lit comes from the word laos, which means uh, people. And the urgy is actually a kind of a derivative of ergon, which is to work. So it literally kind of comes to the work of the people. But this work of the people is then nuanced in three ways. The first is that literal definition, the work of the people. And the second is that it is the work of Christ done on behalf of the people. And when we understand that Christ himself is the principal liturgist, we can see that he's the one doing the work for the people because we cannot accomplish salvation on our own. The third nuance is the work of God in which the people participate. In the Greek world, the best way to in the Greek the ancient Greek world, the best way to worship God is to imitate God. So if your God is Dionysus, the best way to worship God is to have a drink. If your God is Poseidon, the best way to worship God is to go fishing. But if your God is the God of salvation, if your God is the God of mercy and forgiveness, if your God is the one who sings the eternal love song, then in the liturgy we imitate God and thus 
worship God as God wants to be worshipped in the liturgy. The liturgy is not something that we can play around with. It's something that has been handed down to us, and we need to be as faithful to as possible. Religion as a virtue means to seek the good and proper worship due to God alone. The liturgy is the means by which we fulfill a portion of that virtue of religion by offering worship that is right and just to God. Merely going to Mass actually is not virtuous. Is it fulfilling an obligation? Yes. But to actually fulfill the virtue of religion, it means much more than that. It means that we fully participate in offering our lives to God, not only at Mass, but also in our home lives as well. Every aspect of our life ought to be offered to God. The narrow way that we hear about in the scriptures today and the gospel today is the way of virtue. It is sometimes hard. Even in worship, we don't feel like worshiping. We don't feel like coming to Mass. We don't feel like giving it all. Maybe because we don't like the music. It's not of our taste. Maybe the homily is terrible. But that's why we make the worship the best that we can. We offer all of who we are. It's actually work to have good worship. It's virtuous. It's virtuous to have good music. It's virtuous to have a good homily. It's virtuous to dress appropriately and to dress up to offer ourselves to God for the worship of God. It is virtuous to give our full attention to the worship of God. And it is virtuous to show a greater reverence in our entire lives to our God. We owe everything to him. Everything from the smallest iota, from the smallest detail to the biggest detail, it is all His. We all offer it over to Him. Let us grow in this virtue of religion. Let us live out this virtue and may we offer the best worship, homage, and thanksgiving to our God that we are able to worship Him.